Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the Keith Watch Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast, yeah Come with me and you'll see A whole world of pure imagination Um... How are you doing? It is the Keith Watch Podcast, and it is the 21st of December. Four sleeps to Christmas. What are you getting from Sandy? I am getting, um... I am getting a pair of sneakers, or trainers, or runners, or goodies. Goodies? Is that what they call them up in the... The, um... The northern part of the country. Goodies. I don't know where it comes from or what it means, but can recall hearing the word for sneakers or trainers or runners. What do you call them? Uh, answers on a postcard to the Keith Watch podcast. Newbridge. Actually, would you do me a favour and send a postcard or a letter to the Keith Watch podcast, Newbridge, County Kildare. Actually, no, the Keith Watch podcast, Walchestown, Newbridge, County Kildare. And just see if it gets to my Keith Watch podcast office. The office, the headquarters, the building, the office building, the Keith Walsh podcast building, it's called. And we're on the third floor. Uh, I rent the rest out to um, various groups, political groups mostly. I think they're political groups. Anyway. Um, anyway, how are you doing? What's going on? What is the story? This is my second podcast to upload tonight because Monday is tradition that I put up um, one interview podcast where I chat to somebody interesting someone i find interesting we have a good old natter about life and uh also i put up one with my me and my friend mike talking about uh having a good old natter and if you haven't listened to the one with mike yet uh we talk a bit about um, dogging for some reason uh golf uh taking your clothes off and shouting at the world on the top of a mountain um hiking with other men and lots more besides. It's a very enjoyable ramble of uh, ramble. I was going to say ramble chat, but that's uh, Adam Buxton already owns ramble chat. I was listening to a podcast. I just started listening to it this week. It's uh, Jenny and Ray. You know Ray Darcy. You've heard of Ray Darcy, and his uh, other half. Are they married? I don't know. His other half, Jenny. Um, they have a podcast, and it's basically Ray and Jenny at home. Hadn't heard of it before and uh, listened to it this week. I really enjoy it. Check it out. Uh, particularly good this week because they're with Mairead Ronan, who used to be on the show with them. It was um, Will 
Ray, Maraid, Jenny. They were the, the dream team. One of the most listened to radio shows in history. Well, at the time, anyway. And uh, very popular. Extremely popular. Um, so they're talking about that, and you get a little bit of sort of an insight into it. It's very interesting. So there you go. That's my podcast recommendation. Um, anything else I need to tell you about? Uh, a band I've been listening to recently a lot, Car Seat Headrest from America. Uh, they had an album in 2016. Can't remember the name of it. But just look up. Uh, actually, maybe I should find it now that I'm talking to you because that would be a bit... That wouldn't be great now just to give the name of the band and not the name of the album. Um, the song I like is Fill In The... Oh, Teens of Denial is the name of the album. First song, Fill In The Blank, uh, is the one I keep listening to over and over again. And um, a cousin of mine, John Freo, gets mentioned in this podcast later on. He likes the song Drunk Drivers, Killer Whales. Uh, but there's a band for you. If you like, um, I describe them to another friend of mine as The Strokes uh, having a fight with pavement in a the car park of a jazz club. So there you go. That's If you like The Strokes, if you like Fountains of Wayne, if you like pavement, it's, yeah, it's, it's got all that stuff. It's got all that good stuff. So there you go. It's an album recommendation and um, a podcast recommendation. Cool. Now, my guest tonight on the podcast is Sir Michael. Now, if you don't follow this guy on Twitter, um, you won't know him. But if you do, then you will. Okay? Isn't that good? Uh, if you don't follow him, you should. You should start following him now. Let me just see exactly what his... Yeah, his, um, his handle is at Michael... 1979 he's sir michael and uh, his picture in his his um what do you call it avatar or whatever it's called is a picture of him with the thought bubble and then a picture of him inside the thought bubble with a hat on so he's thinking of sir michael it's him thinking of sir michael um and he his biog reads this is in twitter stop posting my online critics Stop wearing jean shorts, my offline critics. And he has a website, and uh, you can go and follow him. And he has a book out, and the book is called How to, in brackets, almost make friends on the internet. So, how to, and the almost word is in brackets, how to make friends on the internet. How to almost make friends on the internet. I think that's the right way of saying it. It's very good. He's a very funny man. He, um, how would I describe what he does? He gets, he goes, he gets involved in, involved in conversations on, on the internet, on Facebook, and mostly on Facebook, and on other forums as well. But he is kind of like, as I describe it in my chat, he's like the prank. It's like he's, he's taken the prank phone call and he's moved it online and into the written form and he's very funny let me just give you an example of something he posted i think this is new well, he po posted an hour ago um so this is uh, a twitter a tweet received some tech support on facebook today but it wasn't particularly helpful so somebody put up a post and it reads uh, it's it's one of these you know lessons from covid19 number one life is short number two jobs are temporary number three health is wealth number four always save money number five we need god to survive. So it's one of those kind of like, uh, um, I don't know, all I can think of is the word boomer uh, posts. And he, 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 he sees these things and he jumps in and he gets involved. And so he, he saw the post, he jumps in, this is Michael, and he writes beautiful words. Would love to share this with my grandmother, if that's okay. 
And the guy who posted says, yeah, for sure. And he says, thank you. And he writes, at space Lillian, check out this lovely post. So then the guy has to explain to him, he says, uh, no, you don't. She won't get that because you put a space in between the at and the, and the name Lillian. Um, so it, he tries to describe it to him. Michael gets it wrong. So your man's going like type at and then her name. But he puts her name in brackets. So then Michael has to put her name in brackets. Basically, uh, he gets the instructions incorrect and, and, and leaves a blank. He just does, he, he doesn't get it right. Anyway, your man kind of goes, look, at, at this woman called Sharon gets involved. A guy called Philip gets involved. Uh, there's three, four, five people involved in explaining to Michael how to send, how to at his grandmother so she can see the post. And this has gone on for about, um, you know, you're sort of 20 lines down at this stage. Uh, Sharon gets involved finally and says, Michael, there's a space between the L and the I. Try again without any spaces in the name. If that doesn't work, I don't know what else to suggest. Like Sharon is at the end of her tether here. Uh, Michael says, no problem, Sharon. I, I, I don't know what the problem is either, but, but thanks for your help. You too, Philip. I'll be speaking to my nan this afternoon, so I'll ask her to set up a Facebook account and maybe that'll make it easier for me to tag her. So you see, he just, you, you would be exasperated uh, if you were Sharon or Philip and you were tr- or Eddie and you were trying to help this fella, this poor unfortunate Michael, uh, tag his nan and he wasn't doing it right and then at the end to find out that she doesn't even have a Facebook account and that's the gag at the end so it's very funny stuff if you don't follow um, at Michael1979 also known as Sir Michael you should and buy his book it's a great stocking filler you might get it if you don't get it in time for this Christmas you could always get it in time for next Christmas and you know have it in your bottom drawer or whatever you keep your your Christmas presents that you buy 12 months in advance of Christmas um, or just buy it for yourself or a friend it doesn't have to be Christmas you know uh, you can give presents any time of the year birthdays I think you can give presents uh, just because presents do you know what I mean um, anyway I think I've given you a good sort of rough idea of who he is um, I really enjoy chatting to him I'm not sure that the podcast or the interview is his happy place and he would freely admit that himself um, he likes to do his he likes to do his talking through the medium of writing and online and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. He's a lovely guy. Um, and I hope you enjoyed the chat. Like, even afterwards, I was, at the end, I was like, well, that was good, wasn't it? Did you enjoy it? He goes, no, not particularly. But he's honest. And uh, I think he's definitely worth checking out. Definitely the book is worth buying. And I think this is definitely worth, worth listening. I know it's definitely worth listening to um, if you're a fan. Because you kind of find out a little bit about where he gets his ideas, where he came from, what he did before he started doing this kind of stuff, all that kind of thing. Um, There you go. I think I've spoken enough. Anyway, it is episode 43 of the Keith Walsh podcast, and it's me talking to Sir Michael. Enjoy. Michael, how are you today? How do I find you? You find me well, Keith. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Good. Are you allowed to tell me where you are at the moment? Where in the world? I noticed there's a world map behind you. Are you are you in Ireland? I am in Ireland. I'm in um, Tremor in County Waterford. That's um, that's where I call home. Don't know if you're familiar with it. Beautiful well, just, seaside town in County Waterford. 
I just know Tremor as as the seaside town and uh, holidays and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if I've really been to Tremor. What's good about Tremor? Tell me the top three best things about Tremor. Um, well, me, I'm the best thing about Tremor. Um, okay, second best good. thing good is, start. is the view of the bay. Really gorgeous views. And the third best thing is... Um, a really um, excellent selection of supermarkets. You know, I've got Tesco, Little, Aldi, Super Value. You know, I've got them all. Wow. We, um, I'm in Newbridge, which doesn't have a view of the bay. We've got the Liffey. We have, let me see, we have Tesco, Aldi. No, no, we've Tesco, Lidl. We have a Super Value, probably a couple of them. But we're getting an Aldi in in 2021. So like 2020 has been pretty shit. But the thing we have around the corner next year for Newbridge is Aldi and Newbridge, which is just pr- pretty much keeping us all going. Yeah, if you can make it through COVID, like there is light at the end of the tunnel in the form of a new Aldi. Yeah, it's basically all we're, we're hanging our hats on. We expect it to be open the first day of January. Once COVID, because COVID will finish midnight, uh, that'll be gone midnight, uh, New Year's Eve, and then January will start 2021, brand new year, new Aldi. You know, I can't wait. How has yeah, how has brilliant. how has um, COVID lockdown 2020 been for you, Michael? I think it's been okay, actually. I feel like I'm one of the least affected people um, in 2020 from COVID because. I, you know, I'm quite an introverted person at the best of times. And, you know, I'm not particular. I'm not a social butterfly or by any means. So like my, uh, my 2020 has been a little different to how it would have been otherwise, but not hugely different. I would have just, you know, stayed in most of the time writing anyway. So it's like, you know, fractionally Perfect. different. <laughs> That's a yeah, it's, it's lovely. I think that some people, you know, when you ask them that question, they always have to preface it by saying, I know it's been horrendous for everybody else, but I've actually enjoyed it. But the amount of people that I've spoken to have that I have actually enjoyed it makes me think maybe it's been enjoyable for the majority of people. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, I've loved it. Um, but it it came at a good time for me because I kind of finished up I was working with RTE and I finished that finished mm-hmm. up was kind of coming to an end and I decided in my head that that was going to finish up this year so it gave me time to it, this has given me time to you know recharge the batteries start a few new bits to do the podcast you know so concentrate on myself for a little while so yeah it's been great it's mm. been a, it's been a blessing yeah so yeah it's like um yeah, I feel a bit insensitive when I when I brag about how much I've quite liked the whole lockdown thing because you know it's been tough on people. But yeah, it really hasn't. Um, I feel like I've escaped the um, the worst of it. Yeah, I, I think it, I tend to say to people, let's just you know because it's all relative. You know, you, let's just talk for you know. I like people to talk from their own point of view, and if they enjoyed lockdown, they enjoyed lockdown, and you know I don't make any apologies for it. I mean. Terrible things happen in the world all the time, but I, I can't apologize for everything if I'm enjoying myself, you know. This is true. This is true. Um, can you tell me where the whole, when the whole Sir Michael character came about and how you start and what was your first foray into as Sir Michael into the public, uh, into the public arena? 
Yeah, well, um, I think I kind of started on Sir Michael in 2015. Um, like it was around the summer of 2015, kind of July of no, June and July of 2015. I started writing these um, posters, these ridiculous posters that I would stick up around Waterford city centre in which I would write from the point of view of a kind of um, lonely man, not particularly bright, who was eager to uh, solicit, solicit help from passers-by for ridiculous schemes he had just thought up. So I would devise these little stories and write them on an A4 sheet, stick some blue tack on the back of them and stick them up in Waterford City Centre for passers-by to see them and read these weird stories of a man who was seeking help for um, whatever scheme he had come up with. Like one of the most popular early ones was when I was seeking a, uh, a partner to, um, to attend my sister's wedding with me. Um, and the person who agreed to do it would have to lie and pretend that, you know, we would be in a relationship for months and like things were going great. And, you know, just telling these stupid stories via A4 paper. And I just really liked that medium. It was like to be able to tell, you know, ridiculous stories in such an unusual medium was really interesting to me. So it kind of felt like um, these tiny art installations that I was able to do in public. And so the more I did of them, the more I was able to develop the character and get into the character and see, you know, and learn in my own head, what would be the best story to tell about him. So you're putting these posters up and you're enjoying, because obviously you went, you moved on to social media after a while, but at that point you were just enjoying the fact that people might be seeing these posters and almost their bemusement, but you're not actually going to see them being bemused. Yeah, like I wasn't around to see their reactions, but I just loved the idea of people seeing it. And like I would come back to them, to the posters like a day or two later, and they would they would often still be there. You know, like people would just leave them there. Like I would always assume that, you know, they get taken down quickly, but often they didn't. So that was interesting to me. And like I would always take a picture of the poster when I had stuck it up. And so that I could put that on Twitter as well. And they quickly became like the most popular thing I had I had ever done on Twitter at the time as well. So it's like you kind of become encouraged by that reaction, gives you a kind of creative confidence to like proceed with that story, with that form of storytelling. So yeah, like the more I did it, the more people got into it and the, the bigger it grew from there. I think my favorite one is the the ghost hunter poster. Mm. Uh, so you were the number one ghost hunter in the area. Um, well, in this part of town. In know, this part of town, he wasn't overselling himself. Okay, yeah. So it wasn't the, it wasn't even like Tremor. It was just that part of Tremor. Yeah, just that, that small section of Tremor. Like, <laughs> you know, he, he didn't have ideas about his station or anything. Yeah, he's right. You know, he's right. I think I like I, I admire his honesty, but the the just the the um, the punchline at the end was the was the business cards uh, because. Yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous anyway. And then I really like 
you can you've there's so much happening in that one poster right because as mm. as as you said you you tried to create this character of this man who's lonely who's but he's trying you know what i mean he's he's trying to get out there he's trying new stuff he's got mm. ideas about himself he's trying to promote himself he, he you know he's really making the effort to get involved in life and do things and mm. you know and creates create you know he has ideas you know he's an ideas yeah. man he is yeah he really is but the fact that he then at the end of the poster had to say uh, I, the there's a misprint on the card and it says goat hunter but that's a misprint and i can't afford to <laughs> to get the 250,000 cards which is just <laughs> which is which is just brilliant because you know you're just going like i feel like oh i mean it's great that i'm talking to you now because but, you know part of me feels like say, don't don't get fucking 250,000 of them done like get that's ten, too many that's too many <laughs> Get a few of them done. See how it goes. You can always go back. You know, it's just. But he's an optimist. He thinks, well, this business is bound to work. I might as well get all two hundred fifty thousand. You know, I'll save on delivery costs if I get them all in one in the bulk. It was probably a deal at the time, you know, where he thought, yeah. well, actually, by getting two hundred fifty thousand, they're only costing me like you know twenty cent each. You know, but if I get yeah. ten, they're costing me a euro each. You know, so yeah. Well, actually, I did actually have to buy a hundred of them. You have to buy a hundred from at least a hundred when you're buying Goat Hunter business cards from Vistaprint. That's a little tip for you there. Like, <laughs> maybe you can shop around and get fewer, but I had to get an entire box. So I still have some Goat Hunter business cards left. That um, is great. Yeah, I just I did think a lot about what was the perf- the funniest number of business cards that he could have ordered. And I thought about that for quite a while because I, I focus on the details a lot. Like that was really important to me, like to get the the funniest number. You know, a million is too much. Um, 50,000, it's good, but it could be funnier. So I kind of landed at 250,000 and thought, yeah, that's kind of the sort of thing he would do without being like too absurd and like lessening the, the impact of the joke. Yeah, I mean, I think if you said a million, you know, it possibly wouldn't work as well. 250,000 is very believable. And also, like, I found myself trying to picture that. Um, how many is 250? Is that a few boxes? Is that like, was it, you know, because oh, so it would be, yeah. So you get into the whole delivery of them, the the ordering of them. Like, I, I end up, there's a whole story. Like, I'm picturing the woman he ordered them from. You know, I, I obviously, yeah. I imagined he went into a shop locally in, in Tremor. Yeah, or the logistics just... of it. Yeah, that's, and that's always interesting to me, too. And, like, what I really liked at that time was that poster got shared, not by me, but by someone else on um, on Facebook and I really loved reading the replies to it of people who didn't realize that you know it was a joke and who had all this helpful advice on what Michael should have done like well you know he should have asked the uh, the card shop to replace those because they're the ones who who made the misprint he shouldn't have to pay for them that's not fair and I really liked seeing getting that insight into people's view of it. But surely that is your stock and trade, isn't it? Because obviously I'm reading the poster. I'm just going, this is hilarious, brilliant. But the best part of it all is, you know, when, when you post your Facebook interactions with people who either see a poster and think, OK, we, this guy needs help. I can give him a few tips on how, when, you know, how not to do this again, you know, um, and feel mm-hmm. sorry for him. But also you draw in the amount of people you draw in and uh, it, it just, I mean, in fairness to them, they don't know that you're 
you know, so so say for instance, for anybody who's not aware, like you, you might put up a Facebook post, and, and I'll take an example of one recently where somebody you know was talking about living off the grid, and hmm. you 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 joined in and you said, uh, yeah, I, I uh, my I had an uncle who tried that once, and uh, who tried that, you know, it's not it's not specific, and you're very careful with yeah. your with the words, yeah, mm. like this. There's a lot of thought that goes into the wording of each post. Um, and obviously you're posting on a, a forum where people are interested in living off the grid. So then they want to know, well, how did your uncle get on? Like, tell us about it. And you're, you know, it's a, you're slightly kind of bemused. Evasive. Yeah. Kind of evasive about how I'm answering. Yeah. It's like. Uh, they seem to be answering questions that aren't, they seem to be asking questions that aren't strictly relevant to what I've said. Because it turns out that what you're talking about is the guy in the picture looks like has, has grown a beard and you're actually just talking about the fact that your uncle once tried to grow a beard and uh, he, could, he couldn't, it didn't come out for you, you know, it wasn't very nice or whatever, you know. Total disaster, is itchy. <laughs> but, but, but they're almost getting, they go very, people very quickly get very angry, don't they? Yeah, they do, like. I do find that interesting. Like most people don't. Like to be fair, most people are are really good about it and are in on the joke. And I don't always include their replies because they're not as funny. But um, yeah, the ones that are funny is when people take me really seriously. That's my favourite because I just I just love that dynamic of like trying to be right um, in an argument with someone who's a time waster and doesn't care about being right like that's that's just fascinating to me like that that whole dynamic like you know people think that being right on the internet uh, you know has some kind of value like they think this is a civilized society like it has no value at all this is a jungle you know being right has no merit there's no relevance at all i know and not to get too philosophical about it but i I, I saw this post recently on social media. It was like enter into conversation to learn, not to be right, you know, which is which is probably the exact opposite to what everybody to the reason everybody enters into a conversation. Espe- yeah. Especially men, I'd have to say. Definitely. Well, I totally agree. I think the vast majority of people who've who've said really nasty things to me and got into arguments with me have been men. They've been just really quite aggressive towards me. And you know, that's fine with me. Like I, you know, it's um, you know um, an occupational hazard. But I'm I'm more than happy to get into a long and circular and pointless conversation with someone who wants to, you know, <laughs> attack me. Uh, doesn't bother me. It's kind of like you've uh, you've perfected the art of like I I I worked in radio for a long time and and prank mm-hmm. phone calls was something that we would have tried every now and then, you know. Um, it's almost like you perfected the art of the prank phone call in written it's form. It's funny you should say that because I, um, like many years ago now, like um, I worked with a radio station who, who like, uh, like contracted me to write scripts for um, prank phone calls. And like I wrote them and like I, I wrote them and they hired voice actors to um, to call the people who I had in mind for them. And like they went okay, but you kind of need to do for every successful prank call, you kind of need to do maybe five or six so that you get a funny one, one that's really funny. And they weren't really, they weren't willing to invest that kind of time and that amount of resource of resources into it. 
so it didn't really go anywhere but yeah it's interesting you say that because I did that's kind of where I, where I started like comedy writing trying to to write the um, the basis for prank calls on um, on radio shows and what was in your head like where were you coming from as a young man trying to do like why were you <laughs> why were you doing do you know what I mean like because I I've noticed people ask me why did you get into radio how did you get into radio why did you start writing I liked watching things like the fast show and I like comedy sketches and I and I wanted to emulate the people I watched on the telly by writing comedy sketches for radio because it seemed cheap <laughs> it seemed cheaper and more accessible than radio or, or, or than television or film um it was it's different now but why why did you even start at that crack and like I think I wasn't good at anything else. Like I, I wasn't. I have no particular talent except writing. I was quite good at writing. But I, was, I was like quite bad at everything else. I was quite mediocre at everything else. But I knew I had some kind of talent for writing, and I did a broadcasting course um, with a, with the same radio station once. I kind of stayed with them afterwards, and I just wanted to like I was interested in comedy writing, and I was interested in storytelling. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to tell like quite weird and funny stories and on the radio. And I was hoping that I would be allowed to do it. And like they showed initial interest, but then when I showed them like the full extent of what I wanted to do, they, they absolutely were not going to allow me to do it <laughs> at all. <laughs> and they got me out, they marched me out of that building pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I just like the idea of like, developing characters for the radio and like telling stories that would kind of resonate with people on their commutes and stuff that was just yeah that was kind of um, exciting to me the idea of being able to do it in that form and when it didn't work out um, I moved to the internet and that's where I found that people did want to listen to did want to you know you know engage with this um this absurdist, ridiculous form of storytelling. And what were your, um, were you influenced by other comedians or other, or, or, or writings or books or? Yeah, like I'm sure I was. Like um, I was, I remember Seinfeld being like hugely influential influential on me because I loved how the, um, the storylines, the various storylines of each episode would intersect and conclude there would always be a really satisfying conclusion I loved that that was kind of that was really impactful on me to be able to see that kind of writing play out like that so yeah like that was like Larry David and uh, Jerry Seinfeld like writing these brilliant and hilarious stories with these really well-drawn characters so I think that was like probably the most influential show on me you know of, from uh, from my point of view, and yeah, that kind of, that kind of made a big impact on me. Yeah, there's definitely the touch of the Larry David's about some of your online stuff as well, because because with with Larry David, here's a guy who is you know thinks differently to everybody else, and wants to try and you know be as honest as he can about you know how he's feeling in the moment and not you know not pretend that he's any anybody other than who he is and you know can't understand why can't, you know he doesn't play by the rules like the rest of us go around and we say polite things and we agree if we think the person wants us to agree and we disagree if they want us to disagree and we agree in the moment just to make life easier he's abrasive he doesn't he doesn't see any reason for that 
um he's just himself and it's kind of like you either like me or you don't and a lot of your online with sir michael it's it's not it, it's not even that way it's he I've, I, if i'm talking with sir michael as another person here you know mm. i he doesn't think that much he just is yeah. who he is you know he's not yeah, he, he's but, not, it, he's but not i thinking, do know what you mean he's not thinking just, of the other people yeah no i do know what you mean like there's the ability to see the world differently that's what I think comes across in Larry David's writing and in his performances. And like with Michael, he's not as intelligent as Larry David is. So he doesn't have that kind of um, that self-awareness, but he thinks differently just because he's not particularly bright. And he's also kind of a weirdo. So um, he's viewing things completely differently to most people. So I think there's, yeah, I think that would definitely be a kind of similarity between the two. Like, it's like everybody else is getting on, is trying to jump on. You see something on Twitter and you want to agree with them and you want to go, God, that's terrible. That's, you know, someone's lost a dog or, you know, you, you there's the famous sort of uh, uh, your your mother shares uh, lost dog posts from America or, you know, this kind of like, you know, the mm. way pe- people who are on Facebook and just, you know, they see a lost dog post. They live in Moat in County Westmead. The lost dog is in, 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 Australia but they share it anyway because you never know but you know everybody else is approaching the internet and Facebook and Twitter mostly to try and get involved and help and be helpful and be nice and be seen to be nice Mm. whereas Sir Michael approaches things with like you know he sees all he sees in that post about uh, sustainability and living off the grid is a guy who's tried to grow a beard and that reminds him of his (laughs) uncle yeah Yeah, he sees the world differently and I think that's something I always kind of um, try to do, like just um, as a writer, to never, never say banal things and never approach things from the point of view that other people have already said. Because I always think, you know, people can say, can say those things far better than I can. But people can always say things as weirdly as I can. So that was the kind of um, approach that I liked to take. Well, how can I make this as weird as possible for everyone involved? Like, I feel like I can probably do that as well as anybody. So that's the route I want to take. Yeah, because half the fun in, if you're approaching it as you're reading your posts, if you're a follower and you're a fan, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the first post where you get involved in this group, you know, and, and you just post something like, you know, my uncle tried that, you know, and I'm just like straight away. So where's the fuck is he going with this? Like, you yeah. Know, like, you know. What direction is this going to take? I know it's going to be weird. I just don't know exactly how it's going to be weird. I've tr- I've actually I have um, I live in a in a, in a estate here in Newbridge and we have a, a Facebook page, you know, for the estate and people will put up you know, if a letter arrives and it's gone to the wrong house or, uh, you know, if there's a dog has taken a shit outside someone's, you know, the front of someone's house, you know, it'll be like this, these dogs are shitting in front of my house every day for the past week and somebody control them. Or so, so a lot, very often I read these posts. I'm like, I just don't get involved at all, but I'm, I'm often thinking, I wonder what how Sir Michael would get involved here. Like, you know, with a lot of- <laughs> yeah, like a lot of people see those posts and immediately like DM me with the link saying, you know, can you join my neighborhood group? <laughs> I get so many of those messages. I must, I honestly must get like 30, 40 a week, sometimes more. It's like, I can't join all the groups, but I do appreciate the offer. 
I'm so glad I haven't sent you any of mine then because it has crossed my mind, you know, but, but, but part of the fun for me is to try and almost, and I can't, I can't, I don't have your brain. Uh, you know, I can't, you know, it would, I'd be sitting there for a week trying to come up with something as absurd as an angle, as you would see in, in, you know, mm. a letter ending up in someone else's house, you know? Um, yeah, which but is, I like that, like the idea of making something quite mundane and taking something quite mundane and turning it into something ridiculous like that just really appeals to me like that's that's absolutely what I'm into. I have a, a, an uncle or uh, an uncle. Uh, you have an uncle. <laughs> no. What do you think of my beard? Um, the, my cousin lives in London. He's a big fan. He follows you on Twitter uh, so much so that he has when he has meetings, Zoom meetings for work, you know, serious work Zoom meetings. He has himself doing the Zoom meeting and a little thought bubble with himself inside the thought bubble. Oh, really? <laughs> which, which, he, which he created, as, uh, especially because he's such a big fan of yours. Oh, as an homage to Sir Michael. Yeah, like that was a total accident that that came about. Like I, I'm not very good at Photoshop, and I, I was going to do something else with the, uh, with the picture in the in the bubble, but like I couldn't really, I couldn't really do what I wanted, so I just thought I'll just put a top hat over the top of it because that conceals like everything that I can't do here, and so that's how that came about. Like I'm just really like I've studied Photoshop, I studied it in col in college for a while, but I'm I'm no good at it. Like, so that was like the limit of my Photoshop abilities. I'll try and show you this here. You can, it's John, John Freebie Free is his name. Um, and this is, this is him. I hope you can see this now. Oh yeah, that's a beautiful homage to, uh, to Sir Michael, yeah. So that's his, that's, that's how he appears. He looks quite stressed out actually. I'd have does, to say, yeah. doesn't he? That's how he, he appears. Really? Um, but he did ask me what, what, like where it's, it's almost like, where do you get your ideas? But how do you decide to jump on and where, how do you, do you troll the internet? Do you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like there's, I spend a lot of time on the internet. I'm, a, I'm an extremely online man. Um, yeah. Like I would, um, I scroll through um, my timeline on, um, on that, um, that Facebook account like sometimes for a very long time trying to find things that are suitable because, you know, 95% of, of posts aren't suitable for me to join in with. But when I find a couple that are, I'll just, you know, I'll kind of quickly storyboard a potential idea, see, like, what can I join in with? Where would I be able to take it? Like, what, you know, what direction could I go with potentially? So then I'll join in with something and, you know, I'll see if anything works out. And usually it doesn't like, you know, yeah, it's, um, you know, you don't, you don't get a hit every time, but um, yeah, that's kind of what I do. I scroll through it, try to find posts um, that have potential for, I think, for absurdity. And then I, I strike, if you will. Do you change, do you often change the story or the, you know, your, your, your angle sort of depending on how people react to what you're saying? And, and, and does, does it often show up surprisingly better things than you thought you were going in with? Yeah, sometimes like um, the gatekeeper gatekeeper exchange, like that's one of my favorite where Michael like describes this absolutely incredibly convoluted and ridiculous game that he and his brother used to play with his uncle. Yes, yes. And 
like I was making that up as I was going along because you know I didn't really know where I was going from the start of that but like they just kept asking me questions about like how it works which is like ideal setup material so I was able to just you know create as I was going along these totally stupid and to and completely convoluted game board game concepts and it's just like it just kind of spirals into this the world's most complicated game which somehow michael knows all the rules of off by heart and absolutely adores so why did you get what was the discussion that you got involved in how did that start it was, it was during lockdown and um, a man on a um, on a residential group in England was asked, he asked if anyone had ideas for games for his two kids, because he didn't want them on the, um, on the Xbox all the time. So I just joined in and said, oh, you know, my, my uncle taught me and my brother this wonderful game called Gatekeeper Gatekeeper when we were growing up, and then didn't give any more information about it in that post, so that he'd come back and say, what's that about? So that gave me time to devise like an idiotic concept to describe to him over this over the course of the next hour. <laughs> and ultimately, I presume there was a lot of frustration and yeah, anger. Yeah, he, he had to bow. He had to. Well, he didn't. I think he really got angry at me. He, he kind of bowed out midway through it, and because it was just it was so ridiculous and so complicated, he just thought, "No, I'm not. I can't be doing with this." <laughs> But other people joined in and like were totally on board with this, it was the complexity of this game and wanted to know more. So I just kept inventing rules for it as I went along. And uh, was that one of your, your more successful? I mean, who who has Sorry. Yeah. yeah, that's that was a really successful one. Like and the, like the thread on Twitter underneath that post is incredible because you know people join in with this and you know and tell me about how they used to play gatekeeper gatekeeper when they were growing up or like you know the french the 1932 french variation of gatekeeper gatekeeper which had a slightly different rule as to how the um, as to how the bridge master could move or something like that and it just you know it evolves into this incredible thread it's one of my favorite ever things on twitter did you have you been uh, retweeted, reposted by any very famous people that you'd, you'd like to name drop? Yeah, um, like I'm really bad at remembering like the famous people who've who've retweeted me. There's like there's. Um, do you watch Arrested Development? Yes, I do. Yes. Um, you know the character of Job is played by Will Arnett. Will Arnett, yeah, I like Will Arnett. Yeah, yeah. like he retweets me occasionally, and like he's he's done that for a few years. So that's all, that always means a lot to me because, like, I love Arrested Development. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of other people. Like, I just, I can't think of them off the did, top did, of my head. But Ricky Gervais, is that, did, did, I, did I get that? Uh, somebody told me, maybe, maybe you missed it. No, if he has, I, I didn't notice it. The, uh, Will Arnett uh, has a podcast at the moment with, um, the brother from what's his name? The actor from uh, Rest of Development, the straight guy. Uh, he's in. Mike. Um, he plays Michael in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman and Sean. There's three of them anyway. They, they have this uh, podcast, um, and uh, it's interesting because he he they had Ricky Gervais on, 
and he was talking about how when they were making Arrested Development, they were, they started watching. Somebody had DVDs and they were handing them around of the English office and how that uh, informed a lot of uh, even the character of Michael, Jason Bateman, saying his, his reactions to things or, you know, how he it was like based on Tim, was it? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. So he was like, mm. he, he was kind of his how he'd react to things. He said he totally changed how he approached what he was going to do because they were just kind of starting based on seeing what people were doing in the office, which is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I love that show. And that's another show that's like been kind of quite um, um, influential on me because, again, like the, the way that um, the storylines are tied together in that is just brilliantly done. And it's just, uh, it's incredible storytelling. And I just, I think I learned a lot from that. Tell can you tell me about the butcher, uh, the butcher story, the butcher post that you got involved in? That's a recent enough post, is it? Yeah. Well, what I've found is that it can be quite funny to pretend you work for businesses on Facebook, even when you absolutely don't and have never even been anywhere near that business. Like, I find it quite quite interesting to join in conversations where someone has gone to a business's um, Facebook page and left like a kind of um, negative review and described in detail why it's why they have an issue with the business so it's um, I find it fun to join in and say you know I apologize on behalf of myself and this butchers you know never stating that I don't actually work for this butchers so they'll kind of then engage with me like as if I'm an employee, <laughs> I feel that leads to a lot of fun. And in this case, um, the woman who was complaining, like she had, she had ordered boneless chicken thighs, but it was there. She had got home and found that there were um, there were bones in the chicken thighs. So she had called the butchers, and nobody answered. This was after she had ordered from Lucas. So I then like went through an hour of talking with her in which I suggested that she do all the things that she had already done, like ask to speak to Lucas when she's placing her order, who she had spoken to. Who was um, it? Who yeah, she said that in the original post. She spoke yes. to Lucas. <laughs> so that, that made her mad for some reason. And I said, well, maybe you should have tried calling the shop after you discovered all the phones in. You know, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I just really liked that interaction because it was so ridiculous. But I just love the fact that you know she 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 puts all this information in the initial you know rant and uh, mm. which you then use back against her. You know, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's the only information I had about it, so, <laughs> so I might as well use it. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, it says, OK, but you should have asked to speak to Lucas. He typically handles the collection orders and he's the best in the biz. Thumbs up. <laughs> Read what I said before talking. Lucas is the one I spoke to. <laughs> so sorry. You can't use that as an excuse. I can't remember with this one. Did you actually uh, did you tell her that you didn't? Eventually, like someone else joined in and I eventually told oh, him Simon. Yeah, because yeah. it was B the starter and then and then Simon. That's what she did, you dumb fuck. She got no answer if you bothered to read it, which is 
That seems to be the one of the stock answers you get, for, reactions you get from people is, if you bother to read the post at the start, you'd know that he already tried, you know. Yeah, like Michael's too busy to read things properly. He's, like he, he's not, he's, he doesn't focus on details. He's, he's very much focused on big ideas. He can't be bothered with like the, the minor details of what actually happened. He's very much in his own head. I mean, obviously you, you exist online, like has it, but and I, I'm sure this. I know the answer to this question already. Has has it ever? Has it ever? Has anyone ever called around to your found out who? Has anybody gotten so angry they tried to track you down? Not like, that, that, I'm you, that you know. Of, like nobody. Know? Yeah, like nobody has ever showed up outside my house, like furious at, at me for wasting their time on the internet. But no, I don't think that. I don't really worry about that because, like, I never. I don't think I ever say anything mean to anyone. Like, I honestly don't. Like, I don't think there's any instance where I say anything mean-spirited. Like, it's just, you know, he's kind of in his, his own world where he's talking about something irrelevant. But he's never attacking anyone. There's no, there's no instance where I'm trying to make anyone feel bad. It's just basically just wasting their time, I think. And also, I think, like, when people do get mad at me, like, they're kind of doing it based on their own assumptions from what I've said. They're not like, they're not attacking me for anything I've said particularly. They're just, you know, they're kind of annoyed at the fact that I'm not understanding them or that they've wasted so much time trying to deal with me. So yeah, I don't really, I don't really worry about that. Maybe I'll be proved wrong and that'll be how I meet my demise, but I don't really, I don't really worry about it. It'd be a great way to go. Um, the uh, the buy and sell is a good place as well. I mean, it's I'm I can't I can't get my head around. Maybe this is a, maybe I'm a snob. I cannot get my head around people and uh, who put up women who put up a dress that they've bought a year ago in H and M, which probably didn't cost them much anyway, and they want to sell it for fifteen pounds or ten pounds or something. And I'm like, okay. If you're selling this dress for £10, like that £10, think about your time. Do you value your time? Like the, the £10 you get for that dress is not going to be worth the hassle that it that it, it will take you to sell that dress. Like you would be better off making dusters out of it and starting a cleaning business than I I, I, I think it's and I think it's mostly, although it probably is. I don't know why I always think it's English people trying to make money. You know the way you see on them um, game shows, like English people, they'll win fifty pounds, and then the guys go, oh, "What are you going to do with your winnings?" And they say, "Oh, we're we're planning a holiday next year in Spain, so that'll p- pay for most of that." And you're going, "What the fuck do English people do with their money? Like, how do they make it stretch that that much?" You know, what game show is this? What game show is this happening? Huh? You know the way they they don't win that much money, even on like even with even with uh, uh, pointless, they don't win that much money. It's never and 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 it's great because it's not about the money, you know, but it, you know, they might win if they go all the way to the end and they win the money and they you know, do the impossible, uh, they'll win two grand maybe. And then it's like, well, I'm, I'm planning on, on doing a trip around the world next year, you know, and you're like, what so you that? would feel like they're undervaluing their time. Yeah. I think people who put generally people who put stuff up for sale, I'm like, uh, you know, it's a blue basket like here. Well, the speakers, for instance, I speak 
Yes, the speakers I can understand, and and I know the joke is that there just happens to be a blue bucket in the in the picture. So you put so this lady got Catherine put up a picture of some speakers and said, "Anyone interested in this stereo and speakers? Very good condition, working perfectly. Looking for thirty pounds, right? Thirty thirty euro actually. It's thirty. Yeah. Is thirty euro worth your time?" I mean, obviously, you didn't help her because, you know, she's obviously... No, I made it worse. It's definitely not worth 30 euro to have to deal with me for an hour. No. Like, you should be, you should, like, be looking for twice that to, to deal with me. I think you're teaching, I think Sir Michael is teaching people a lesson. Yeah, I, I quite like that idea. That's quite a subversive, like, he's quite a subversive person, like, accidentally teaching people to value their own time more. That's, yeah, it's quite an interesting way of looking at it. However, whatever you think you're going to do with this 30 euro that you're going to get from these speakers that you don't want, it's I 100% not worth what you're doing by putting them up on, online and trying to sell them that way. Um, what happened with that in that situation? You, <laughs> you, you, you decided to ask if the blue, there happened to be a blue bucket in the picture, which is just, yeah, just it, in the back. It's genius. It's like those pic- it's like those people who try and sell mirrors but can't take a picture of the mirror without being in it or you know can't figure out how to take a picture of the mirror. So you got involved in this uh, sort of a bidding war with this lady for the speakers. How did that go? Well, it was kind of a bidding war with himself. So like Michael's negotiating uh, strategy was to offer one euro. And when she rejected that offer, Michael then comes back with... Um, I, I will um, I'll now offer one euro and one cent. And if you don't accept this, I'll have no choice but to uh, to increase my bid, which is, you know, obviously the worst negotiating strategy in the world. So she didn't accept that offer either. So I just kept going with it up to uh, one euro and two cent, at which point, like, she banned me from bidding again. And so at that point, like, I felt, okay, I'm kind of onto something here. It's like, this is interesting. I've, you know, slightly annoyed her in a way that's quite funny. And like, I feel it's quite interesting. So, <laughs> and then like someone else tried to make a bid. Of, it, I think it was a Pat, was it? Patrick Pat, got involved, it. yeah. He offers it, he offered a tenor, yeah. Yeah, so then I said, like, I sent a, post, uh, a message saying, like private message to Pat, like, can you bid 11 euro and three cents? if she includes the blue bucket. And obviously Catherine saw this because, you know, that's not how to send a private message. <laughs> and so that just, that made her angry. That made her angry. She said, no, you're not allowed to bid. I'm not selling anything to you. And so I said, well, please don't read my private messages, Catherine. <laughs> Which, you know, that made her even angrier. And so I then like took the, pic- the original picture and just cropped cropped out everything other than the blue bucket and posted that to the group and said if anyone wants to buy it I'm now selling it for one euro and three cents <laughs> which you know that enraged her like that that's got her to you know she tried to report me to the group moderators for that and so yeah we kind of had a lot of fun with that one and it ends with me claiming ownership of the bucket and you know, claiming I had then sold it back to her for one euro and three cent and i'd leave it like behind her stereo and speakers where it is in the original picture <laughs> says she says to you i already own it to which you reply that's the spirit sold please paypal me one euro three cent at your earliest convenience i'll deliver it later i'll leave it to the left of your stereo and speakers 
it's just... Yeah, I like that callback to the first picture from the whole thing. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Just to, to pick out the blue bucket and, and, and the fact that you, you managed to buy the blue bucket off Pat. Uh, privately, yeah. <laughs> you know, she was yeah. like, "You buy the stereos, I'll take the bucket." Excellent. <laughs> like, yeah, I really like when he, Michael tries to form like alliances with people who don't want to be in an in an alliance with him. That's quite interesting to me because you know he's a lonely person, so it's quite thrilling for him to be able to form these temporary alliances in his head. And people are generally try. People generally try to be friendly, and you know they're not. You know in that situation, mm. that you know they'll try and be as as friendly as they can about you know this mm. in, clearly insane person. But but I don't think Sir Michael is any more insane than the you know the people who inquire. If, have you ever tried to sell anything online? I, I, I can't imagine that'd be something you'd be interested in. Not with. really. No. I wouldn't feel that would be a great use of my time. No, no. I prefer to, I prefer to scroll through Facebook looking for posts that I can like join in on. I feel that's a really valuable much, way to spend my time. Much better. Much better. Yeah. <laughs> but my wife, my 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 wife will sometimes sell things, you know, and I and I and I will be left with the she she like for I don't know how I don't know why she does this, but she I you know the more I look into the whole Sir Michael thing, like, is she trolling me? Like she'll decide that we're selling a piece of furniture, like a locker. And I'm looking at the locker going, I, I'll chop it up and put it in the bin or I'll drop it outside a charity shop. And we don't need to sell this for 20 euro or whatever it is. And then she'll say, no, we're selling it, put it up on, but then will you put this up on buy and sell? And like, why can't you put it? And then you feel bad because you know, you're not being a good supportive husband. So you're like, hmm why can't you download the buy and sell app well i don't have time and actually my the the batch or the you know the mem the memory on my i don't have any room on my phone for pictures whatever the reason is and then you end up getting involved because you don't want to be a bastard so then you're like you're putting the picture up and buy and sell then you're dealing with pe people who want to buy a locker that's for 20 euro that you don't need that they want then they want to buy it for a tenner and also like can they have it for free and will you drop it off and you're dealing with all these people that you just don't want to deal with it's a nice so you feel your your whole marriage could be like a case of you being the victim of an amazing troll job by your wife yeah yeah and she, that's every, fair enough like if, if that's true and like is she then she is the ultimate troll and you know she far supersedes anything i've ever done she's playing the long game yeah that's really like my long game is like it's done over two hours, maybe three at most, but she's done it over years. And that's, that's really impressive. She's in, like, she's invested. I mean, we have been, I've known her since I was 16. So it's it, I'm, like, it, you know, I'm impressed. Um, it's really, it's really good work. I wonder how she will reveal the truth and <clears throat> announce her book deal, you know? <clings> yeah, that'd be fair. I'll be fascinated to read that. Hopefully on our, our 50th wedding anniversary, she'll, she'll hand me the book. <laughs> I trolled a man for 40 years. Um, what? Tell me about the book. How did that come about? Well, it's, it's funny because I didn't, like this time last year, I didn't have any intention of writing a book particularly. Like I'd had um, offers going back to this time three years ago, like December of 2017. Um, I got, I had a meeting with um, with a, an Irish publisher who said they were interested in a Sir Michael book. And the thing about um, 
meeting with um, publishers is they'll they'll send their commissioning editor to uh, to chat with you, and they'll bring you to a really nice upmarket um, a cafe or hotel, and they'll pay for everything. It's a really nice experience. They kind of try to woo you. It's it's very good, very clever, and very enjoyable. And so that happened in December of 2017. And it happened a few more times over the next couple of years, too, from different publishers. And they would always bring me to, like, really nice places, like, really, like, ups, like, really upmarket places. Like, as in, I remember being in the Westbury, like, about um, about a year and a half ago. (laughs) And I was having the time of my life being, you know, being brought to these places and given lovely compliments by people about my work. And... I absolutely could have kept doing that for years. Like that was that was really enjoyable for me. I I loved every second of it. But eventually, like I think they all kind of caught on to what I was doing. Like I was really just I was just in it for the the fancy meals uh, and the nice trips. <laughs> and so, like around like February or March, I kind of thought I got an offer that was this you know, pretty decent. So I thought, well, the, the editor kind of gets what Sir Michael is. I think this might be the one to go with. So I felt, all right, I've, I've done this for long enough. I might as well sign a deal. Were you trolling publishing houses? I was, but it wasn't like deliberate. I don't, well, it wasn't, I didn't start out like that. It just, tur- it just turned out that I really, really like being brought to to nice um, cafes and being complimented on my work that's, that's <laughs> what i'm into you were worried you were worried that as soon as you agree and sign the deal that that's you know that's over that's done that part of my life isn't coming back yes yeah, like, i could have done that for a couple more years if i could have got away with it the honeymoon period of of time with the, with with the publisher was 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 what you valued the most, you know. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was into. Like I loved it. So like I'd you know I'd get trips to Dublin and be brought to the West Parade. I thought, well, surely this is this is the goal. This is the pinnacle. Mm. Like, <laughs> why am I doing something that will end all this? <laughs> yeah, my and my experience of life is that's the nicest part of anything. You know, a relationship. You're, you know, uh, getting a new job. It's that meeting with the person who's trying to get you to take the job and is, mm. you know, hopefully lavishing you with praise and saying how great you are. As soon as you sign on, sign that contract, sign that, it's fucking, you know, it's all downhill from there. Yeah, then, then you're into the real world and that's no fun. Like, then you have to do work. And yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, in, I'm not into doing work. That's that's. That that doesn't appeal to me at all. It's bullshit. So so when it came to the book, was it literally let's just uh, let's just call it let's just get all these stories together and you know did, well, did you, did you want there to be a like, narrative? Yeah, I wanted to be there to be a narrative, and I wanted I didn't have enough. I needed to do more. Like I kind of um, um, I wanted to. Um, it was around like March or April of this year, and I knew I had to do more. Um, work on Facebook, more group chats that I felt would be worthy of the book. So I had like a few really busy months where I, like I put in a lot of effort to come up with the best possible exchanges that I could, um, that I could put in the book. And I feel like I came up with some really good ones in that time. That was during lockdown. So, you know, um, I didn't have much else going on. So, um, 
yeah like those few months were when i was coming up with some really good what i felt were really good ideas to put in the book and like, i thought they would make it a lot better and i feel like they did like, i think the i think those are some of the strongest exchanges in the book and is gatekeeper gatekeeper one of the highlights very of the much book? so yeah, it's one of my favourites. And also, like, in the book, you'll also get the um, the full rules of Gatekeeper, Gatekeeper as a separate um, bonus, which is, like, having, like, writing those is one of my, the fav- one of my favourite things I've ever done. Like, having to write these ridiculous and convoluted rules for the world's most stupid game, that's, like, that is just a joy for me. That's totally in my wheelhouse. Did you do you watch The Crown at all? No, never seen that. The, there was an episode the other day where Margaret Thatcher was invited around to hang out with for to Balmoral for the weekend with the Queen, and they started playing this public school tough game called Ibble, Ibble Dibble, which involves a burnt cork, and one person has to say Ibble Dibble you know, everybody has a number, you have to say Ibble Dibble, and then you have to say something else ridiculous after Ibble Dibble, but that sounds like Ibble Dibble, so Dibble Dibble, Ibble Dibble Dibble Dibble, and then you call out a number, and they have to remember what you said and then pass it on. Okay. And it's, it, I mean, she doesn't have a clue what's going on. They're sort of scoffing her for not having a clue because she's not, she's she's not one of them, you know, Margaret Thatcher wasn't, wasn't, you know, of, of that, she was a different, from a different background, you know, but it, Mm. But, it, it, but it, I, I, it brings to mind but an that, equally terrible person. We should point out. Look, I, I, you know, the the thing that I would mostly give out about Margaret Thatcher wouldn't be her inability to play Ibble Dibble. Uh, I think she did worse. Yeah, that, to be, yeah, that's fair. But the fun, but no, the, she did worse things. To she, she did, but the, the the thing, the the interesting thing about the Crown was that seemed to be the thing that they hated most about her was that she came to live to stay with them in the country and she didn't have a way, any clue of their country ways, including how to play Ibble Dibble. No mention of the, I think it might've been the pre, pre what she did to, it was probably around the time of what happened to Bobby Sands and H-Blocks, but the, the, oh, her, really? inab- her inability to, to play Ibble Dibble seemed to be the most important thing to the, to the crown at the time. Yeah. Oh, I can understand that. Like yeah. games are important. Yeah. Um, so the book is available, is selling well, or are you sold out? Have you, you know, has, has it been successful? Are you happy? Are you, where, where are you at now? I mean, yeah, like I told people that I, I was only going to be selling 117 copies. That was, you know, that seemed reasonable to me. You know, you don't want to get, you don't want to get ideas above your station. Just, you know, print 117, um, we'll sell those and everyone will be happy. Now it turns out that my publisher was not happy with this idea. They wanted to sell more for some reason. A bit greedy, if you ask me. But I think they printed more behind my back, if I might add. So I think there are still a few left if people want to buy it. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's really good. I'm really proud of it. I just I think it's just I, I think it's really good, a really good piece of work. Yeah, I think you, you hit on something there, and and I don't know whether I mean obviously the lockdown helped you with the type of conversations you were having with people and you kind of had, you know, a captive audience almost, you know, of people willing, yeah, yeah. people willing to get into conversations online with people where they mightn't have ordinarily bothered or, you know, people might've been in a heightened state and heightened state of, or actually maybe 
the opposite to a heightened state of awareness where they were just like, yeah, I'm going to just join in this ridiculous conversation or not see it for the ridiculous conversation. It is we were yeah, so like they didn't have anything better to do other than like engage with me. Yeah. So starved of attention that they were happy to, to deal with Sir Michael and his, his ridiculousness. Um, so it was a good time. And I think, uh, I think people enjoyed obviously making people laugh, especially during the lockdown, the start of this year and where, and obviously from before then, but but especially now, you know, it's I think people look fondly on on the likes of you and Sir Michael. Oh, uh, thank you very much. I'm delighted. I'm honestly like that. That's what what's what means the most to me, like to like to make people laugh when they otherwise wouldn't. I just I really like that that idea. Uh, very quickly, I'll let you go then. So where do you go from here? Is there movies, uh, cartoon well, books? <laughs> Um, well, like I'm open to offers, but I'd like what I want to do is like I'd love to do like to write a television show, and I don't know if that'll be feasible. Um, it's quite a difficult thing to get into, but that's what I'd ideally like to do. Um, and I'm going to see how that goes. Like, there's a little bit of interest for a couple of ideas, so I'll see how that goes. And mm. uh, that would be my ideal um, route henceforth, but. You know, I'm happy if, if, you know, if I continue just trying to make friends on the internet for a while, that's, that's absolutely fine with me. I'm not, I have no, I'll have no disappointment about doing that too. I'd like to see, I think it could work as a television show. I'd love to see that. Um, So keep working on that angle and. uh, I will indeed. And hopefully we'll see it come to fruition at some point. Best look at the book. Keep making Thank friends. You. Keep almost keep almost making friends on the internet, and uh, yeah, have a good Christmas. I, I might even put this out before Christmas. Thank you very much, Keith. Um, yeah, let me know when it's out. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Keith. Always a pleasure. Come with me, and you'll see a whole world of Sir Michael. I'm really gonna have to stop singing on the podcast. I don't know why I do this is a habit I have. But that song always brings me back to my childhood. Christmas. Willy Wonka. The Wonka Vader. Um, thank you very much to uh, Sir Michael. And uh, don't forget to buy his book. It's How to Almost Win Friends on the Internet. Um, it's very good and he's a very funny man. And I know I'm very grateful for him to for having the chat with me because I know he doesn't really love doing that kind of thing. But there's no reason why he shouldn't. He's he's very uh, interesting and uh, it's very enjoyable chatting to him like that. Um, There you go. Yeah. Buy the book. uh, Do the thing. Follow him on Twitter at Michael1979. And uh, that's all I can say to you. You'll have a laugh. You will laugh. You know, if, um, you know, if if TV stars from America are sharing his stuff. And then, you know, that's that's a, that's a seal of approval right there. Um, yeah, that's it. So um, I don't know what else to say. If, if you have any comments, any thoughts, any recommendations about the chat, about the podcast in general, you can always get in touch with me. My email address is keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. Share on social media if you like it. If there's a particular episode you like, you know, give it another share. Get other people to, want to, to, to get on it, you know, get on board. 
uh, get on board this train from the start because otherwise you'll be a Johnny come lately and you'll only be jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, but I'm I'm talking to you and you're already listening to this, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so like, subscribe, give me a five-star rating if you wouldn't mind. A little review would be great because all these things help uh, get the podcast up the charts and uh, basically line my pockets with gold. Uh, if you want to make a contribution, there is a contributor's link in the uh, description of the podcast. Uh, just click on that and just give a few, co- whatever you can afford, 100 grand, 250,000. It's a one-off payment. Unless you want to set up a monthly payment of 100 grand a month, um, that's fine too. Whatever you can afford. Um, I suppose it'd be, if it was 100 grand a month for, you might as well just give the, you know, give the, what would it be? Um, a thousand, thoughts a thousand hundreds, ten, ten thousand, oh god, ten thousand. Uh, just give the give a big lump sum, ten grand to be f- fine, hundred thousand by no, hundred thousand by t- by twelve. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's twelve hundred thousand. Okay, that's a million and two hundred thousand. One point two million. You see, I get there in the end. I feel like I might be slightly math dyslexic spelling dyslexic whatever the things are uh, anyway i do um contribute lots of money and um we can buy helicopters and tour the country for the crack um i gotta go i gotta go put this podcast up mind yourself uh, i will talk to you possibly i'll get another podcast up before christmas and uh yeah be good behave yourselves yeah especially you i know i heard Exactly. Yeah, I know. And well, you should be going red with embarrassment. <laughs> tell you. I won't tell anybody. Your secret's safe with me. Goodbye. Come with me and you'll see me the whole world of your imagination. <laughs>catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started